and I wound up somehow bullying my way onto a set as a second AD, having no experience on a set. Um, but fortunately, that director and that team were wonderful people. Uh, and we actually, we were on that set together. Was that Two Wolves? Two Wolves. Oh, absolutely Two yeah. Wolves, yes. Um, and there was a great production team on that who kind of showed me the ropes. I'm like, oh, hey, this is kind of fun. People are fun. Uh, I like problem solving. I thrive on stress and cigarettes. Let's do this. <laughs> I went to film school, the podcast about film school and life after film school. I'm your host, Zach Gladstone, my co-host here, Moss. Hey, what's up, everybody? How's it going? <laughs> sorry. Okay. Thanks, Moss. Yeah. <laughs> I can never give a normal intro. It's just the rule I have. I'm sorry. Yeah, apparently. Like, <laughs> it's a rule I made up right now. How's life, Moss? It's been a while since we've recorded a podcast. Yeah, for those of our listeners who are like keeping track of when we release episodes, it's been, <laughs> what, like six weeks since the last one? Yes, yes. It's a we try for like one a month, but every now and then, you know, things get out of hand. Yeah, the month of May was a big old pain in the ass. Yeah, it was. And it it's looking like summer is also gonna be kind of the poo poo fest, but we'll see. We'll try our best to keep producing stuff. This is mostly because of Moss's schedule, I just wanna be clear. It is true. My, oh my schedule God. is um quite vicious but uh you know what gotta hey gotta make some money gotta gotta go to my grind set or whatever my hustle set your my, grind set yeah my sigma male billionaire grind set you know just all the yeah you get quieter as you say that i'm, like, I'm just fading away into yeah good. anyway okay all right fine jesus christ so we've got a pretty amazing guest on one of our dearest and closest friends anything to seg- segue away from the bullshit there huh bud like <laughs> fuck's sake I, I don't uh i can't even look at you i'm fucking saying that like i know it was a joke but boy do we love our friend that we brought on the yeah, podcast oh yeah. yeah so yeah, we, we have a great interview uh it's our friend who went to york university in production although you, you'll hear all about that in a second emma emma thornley yeah, one of the uh, the York University OGs. We were once called troublemakers by one of our professors, our beloved professor, no less. So, you know, we go way back. Some serious stuff. It's like an NPR intro with that whole tone of voice, huh, bud? <laughs> yeah. I'm, it's giving was, me such an angry face. I was trying to think of like a specific <laughs> NPR podcast to like reference with that, but I can only think of This American Life. Oh, I'll never compare it to Ira Glass, but we all Ira. Ira, wait. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's Ira. I know. I was just thinking like Ira's and me. I was at Ira's and like, wow, Ira. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, what can you do? But we got Emma on, who's like a person who they get on This American Life because okay, she's, got, she's got a great story, okay? She does, yeah. And, you know, without further ado, let's, uh, let's get started, Moss. Let's. Emma, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. That's you, what people say, right? Yeah. Yeah, is, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're actually recording in person for the first time. Moss, do you remember the last time we recorded an episode in person? When was that? Uh, 1980-something? Yeah, it's been 84 years. It's been so... It's been 14 million years okay. since we last recorded in person. I feel so special. This is like practically... Right? We're using the equipment we bought for this fucking purpose instead of a Zoom account. I know, and you know what? This has to be the finest quality sock I've ever seen on a mic. <laughs> Thanks for... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for describing that. I'm glad our listeners I'm know. Outing you to your public. Yeah, we only use the finest quality socks on our mics. Yeah, so it's, a ni- it's a nice sock. Um, <laughs> as far as socks go, Emma, do you want to start by introducing yourself and talking about how we know each other? Sure. Um, hi, my name's Emma. Um, 
Do I say last name? Do people care? <laughs> yeah, you can say your last okay. name if, if you want. Um, my name is Emma Thornley, um, and uh, the devil brought us all together to do his work on Earth. <laughs> Many moons ago in first year film school at York University, which would have been, what, 2014? Yep. <sighs> yeah, 2014. 2014, baby. I just puked in my mouth a little. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, um... I'm trying to think. Uh, I, I met Moss through uh, some of the girls on our friends group. Yeah. And I, I think you met Moss first. You got to know Moss first. Yeah. How did you get dragged into it? Um, yeah, that's a good question. How did I, we all? I mean, we probably we showed up. Yeah. Like <laughs> basic. I mean, we kind of got to know each other a little bit in first year in film art. And then I remember originally Moss was planning to shoot something between first and second year that never happened. And like still, many of my projects. Uh, yeah, and still uh, yeah. hasn't happened. Uh, remember that noir <laughs> thing that you were going to production manager, Moss? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you messaged me about it to be, uh, I think you were going to teach me how to be a first AD. Yeah, that, that didn't happen, did And it, it didn't. None of it happened. None <laughs> yeah. of this came to fruition. Um, great for flops. Uh, <laughs> you know, it happens. Yep. Yeah, no, it's, you know, it's been... Well, it was four beautiful years of being out in holy terror and yep. hated by all of our classmates at York. And uh... <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> I mean, we were we were just a little. I mean, I think we were at our worst in second year. We were the most obnoxious. Oh, but... absolutely. Um, but it was fun. And that's what counts. And I don't know how our friends group has survived leaving university. I don't think that's supposed to happen usually. But I think it's your beautiful Christmas parties that really keep this family together. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. I do great. Yeah, for all the listeners here, I do great Christmas parties, uh, like Christmas dinner things. And um, we're going to and that's what our next podcast is going to be. It's like a, I went to Zach's Christmas dinner. Um, just tales just of them. become like a Mormon housewife blogger. Yeah. I can see this happening for you. OK, but we're going to. So we brought you here to talk about your film school experience. Yes. Uh, despite the fact that all we do is yell each other, yell at each other about movies and whatnot. Uh, we're going to talk about it in more detail in your film or film education all that shit. That's why it's called I went to film school. Let's, let's film education, all that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Just... yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's actually what's on our diplomas. Yeah. So, <laughs> so to start off with, so Emma, do you want to say like which program you were in at York? Yeah, for sure. So uh, somehow, some way, I wound up in production. Um, so we kind of got the unholy trifecta of film at York in this room right now, uh, which. Oh, we do. Yeah. Cause I'm screenwriting your production and Moss is CMS. Yeah. And we were among the last few generations to not have media arts, which is like the new in between intermediary program in between, uh, production and studies. So what the media arts program is basically just trying to blend it to what it's like it's production but instead of like the reds or the c300 mark twos they give you like you know phones (laughs) no 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 they don't give you phones they give you they give you a pin they give you a pinhole camera made from an orange cart from like an empty orange carton no orange juice carton we love some ingenuity right still better than a bolex yeah (laughs) the bolex i mean i think they do teach like unreal 5 in those classes now or just unreal engine stuff so there's like alternate you know, alternate media stuff as well in that program. Back in our day, let me tell you. Yeah, I was just writing essays, making movies, writing scripts. That's it. Talking yeah. like a 1930s radio broadcaster. <laughs> That's um, all that was. Okay, so Emma, so, so like, why did you want to go to, like, what made you want to apply for production at York University? Great question. I was too stupid for marine zoology. <laughs> I'm going to be completely honest. Uh, film... Like, I think a lot of things that have wound up happening uh, in both my life, my professional career, I fell like ass over tea kettle into with absolutely no intent whatsoever. 
um, when I realized I couldn't do the math for marine zoology, I just kind of started like throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what stuck. And uh, I'd been part of a fantastic uh, program in downtown Toronto called You for Change Film, which was kind of like a, you know, pre-18 teenage um, artist's program and I tried film there I liked it threw in an application got waitlisted got unwaitlisted next thing I know I'm twenty thousand dollars in debt and I have a paperweight it's probably more than twenty thousand but (laughs) (laughs) Um, very well said okay can we go back I just want to like take a step back so oh so you know like my life story was that narration not some of that for you um marine zoology that was the initial yeah dog yeah 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 love sharks That's really cool. I mean, it's really not, but like that's just like like in high school, you you wanted to be a marine zoologist. Yeah, absolutely. So like, so what program <laughs> did you apply to a marine zoology program? And- I, I didn't even get that far because you had to do functions math, and functions math made me want to microwave my head. <laughs> did you take functions math? <laughs> no, because I flunked out of IB. <laughs> now I'm trying to go to law school. Life comes full circle. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right. <laughs> just let's just stay on you marine zoology. One, one one educational program at a time. <laughs> You just realized where your strengths were. You know, like it's everyone's got the journey. And oh, yeah. uh, marine zoology is still there, though. Like, I'm sure you still love fish and stuff. I mean, water. I love fish and I mean, stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're delicious. On the barbecue, love it. No, I I mean, spoiler alert for where this interview was going. Um, I left film having completed a film degree, uh, which, you know, some hopefully valid insights for people who question life after film school. Okay, uh, before we'll we, okay, before we get to like you leaving film, we just started at like you're applying to it. Yeah. All right. So you got into so you got into York uh, production. I did. Yes. Uh, what was your application like? Like what oh, did you have to submit? Uh, gosh, you know, it's been a while, so I can't remember. I do remember that we had the option of submitting videos or like a portfolio of 20 photographs. I did the photograph option. Um, and I think other than that, it was really just grades and reference letters. Um, there was nothing particularly special about the interview process, to be honest. I think I had Lauren Screen interview me, if memory serves. But uh, it was uh, basically just like a whole bunch of people like crying in the waiting room while we played Hangman. That was the audition process. You played Hangman while waiting for the audition? (laughs) Yeah. You got some chalkboards or some, you know, thing around. And, you know, looking back on like the amount of people weeping in that room, that's what the industry likes to call foreshadowing. There were, were, wait, so when you were waiting for your interviews, there were actually people crying? Like stress crying. I mean, you're like, what, 17? You're a baby. You don't know how to handle stress. Jesus. Right. I mean, that's fair. You're trying to get into a big film institution. You want to be a director, you know, you want, you want, it it matters, right? I mean, York had, I don't know if York still has that reputation, to be honest, but around then, (laughs) York had a reputation for being like kind of like the film school uh, in Toronto at the very least, just because it was one, a blend of theory and practice. I know there are people who are are at like the Humber Film School listening to this or Ryerson, if we had other listeners, or I'm sorry, not Ryerson anymore, Toronto Metropolitan University. Yes. Yeah. Moss nods as I say this. Um, <laughs> who are saying that, who are probably like a little prickly at your little film school thing for York, but. I didn't say York deserves it. I'm just saying it was the right. <laughs> <laughs> it has, yeah, it has a reputation. Um, so, I'm just lost my train of thought. Um, <laughs> We're doing great. Yeah. Moss, I think you're going to edit that out, okay? Um, <laughs> Do not edit it out. So, <laughs> I want this raw and uncomfortable for everybody. <laughs> who interviewed you? I, I, hey, Lawrence, you said, I think right? Lawrence Green. I think that's okay. a big think. Um, that was not English, but we're going to roll with it. <laughs> it's a big think. It was, I, it was honestly like, uh, at the end of the day, a pretty light bullshit process. Um, 
there wasn't really any like heavy hitter questions or anything like that. I remember Ryerson's application process was a lot more stringent and they didn't even, I think, get to the, like there were interview stages as far as I'm aware. Or if there were, I just didn't make it that far. Um, oh, you applied to Ryerson Yeah, as I applied well? to Ryerson for okay. film and I got the boot. Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry. I keep saying Ryerson. That's, I'm still getting used to that myself. Sorry. It's okay. Toronto at the Metropolitan. Time, at the time right, it was yeah, Ryerson. At the time you, you so, applied uh, to Ryerson. But yeah. The school that would soon to be known as Toronto Metropolitan. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> It's like post. Prince, know, we, did, like, we really need to make sure we're showing our respect to this institution. Yeah. yeah. Long story short, it wasn't the like super stringent. It definitely wasn't as uh, aggressive or competitive as the screenwriting program, for example. I don't think it got hmm. that bad. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's probably true. Although, like, both had small numbers. Like, I think at the time, like, production let, like, what, 50 kids in a year? Yeah, and the screenwriting was, what, 10? It was, like, 10 at the yeah. time, yeah. I think yeah. those numbers COVID have changed positions. since then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So when you got into, so when you knew where you were going to film school at York and you were like starting to pursue this, like what was your, what was your end game in terms of like what you wanted to do in the film industry? Did you want to direct or? Uh, great question. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, and the first thing I wound up doing was production management. And once again, I did not really actively choose that so much as I fell ass over tea kettle. Uh, they had this. It's your favorite phrase, huh? <laughs> I do love that phrase. So it's a, uh, that's my new catchphrase, but um. I do. There were these things called crew fairs, which is where all the upper years, third and fourth years would uh, kind of pitch the products, products. Oh, my God. The projects they were working on for their, you know, third and fourth year thesis films. And then whatever, you know, bullshit, small uh, uh, crew availabilities they had, they'd, you know, ask for people to fill it. And I wound up somehow bullying my way onto a set as a second AD, having no experience on a set. Um, but fortunately, that director and that team were wonderful people. Uh, and we actually we were on that set together. Was that Two Wolves? Two Wolves. Oh, absolutely Two yep. Wolves, yes. Um, and there was a great production team on that who kind of showed me the ropes. I'm like, oh, hey, this is kind of fun. People are fun. Uh, I like problem solving. I thrive on stress and cigarettes. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> the, the film school duo, yeah. stress and cigarettes. Yep. And then from there, kind of backslid into, by the time I finished York, I had gone into uh, production management, screenwriting, and fiction directing streams. Um, because, you know, why not age yourself at the speed of milk? <laughs> Okay, so so you fell in, so you started as a second AD on that set. Yes. And how did you branch out into doing more production managing work with like different with like the different student films that were going on? I mean, I think like pretty much anything else at York, uh, it was a pretty organic process. Once you've proven that you can do it and not completely, you know, bone it up, uh, you just start getting called back onto other sets. So, you know, first you're a second AD on another set and then another set. And then you need to pinch it for somebody who's a first AD and then you're getting pulled on as a PC. And then the next thing, you know, you know, apparently you're a PM and you're an adult and you're supposed to know how to handle problems. <laughs> okay. Uh, at a certain point were you realizing that you prefer, did you like, what am I trying to say? Did you, at a certain point, did you realize you preferred working in the production management end of things and that type of end of things as opposed to directing? Truthfully, I don't think I, I think I absolutely enjoyed working in production management more than I enjoyed uh, directing. Uh, one, I'm not a good director. Like, let's just throw it out there. I'm not good. Not good. And that's OK. Sometimes you just show up to have fun. Um, but I, I think part of the, the entire problem was and this was something I didn't really realize until after I left film. Um, the process of creativity for me, I enjoy it more when it's a more personal, intimate process. Um, and if you're going to be a creative professionally, that's just not going to fly. Um, but there's a there's a beauty and a simplicity uh, and a real fulfillment in just kind of the daily challenges of production management. Working with people has kind of always been the most fun thing for me. Um, 
you know, you'll never see sides of people like you do in production management. <laughs> uh, I don't think you'll see sides of anyone like you do in the film industry, period. I yeah. mean, my God. That's true. Also, I was going to say, I disagree on you not being a good director. I liked your movies, no matter. I agree. You have to say that because we're friends, but I love you so much. Thank no, you. no, no. <laughs> we all, I know kind of like what you're saying anyway, but no, I, yeah. I'm going to just stand on that point. Um, I, I like your movies. I will stand in defense of York definitely crushes anything that uh, uh, verges. And this is just a film school thing in general, I think. My personal experience with York, they crush anything that kind of veers into the speculative fiction realm. They do not like it. They do not want it. Yeah, not to mention any genre, too, as well. Right? Yeah, exactly. Like, if it's anything outside of that, like, slice of life, like, white family getting divorced, get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, they really... I don't... Maybe this is a film school thing in general. I know. I feel like it's a Canadian film school thing. I don't know. Well, I don't know how they act like Ryerson and Humber and whatnot. But I know anytime you try to do like what you said, like speculative fiction or like horror or sci-fi or something, they were like, you would get it done sometimes, but it was like pulling teeth with these profs. Absolutely. And that's one of the things I really loved about from what I could gather about the screenwriting program, because I didn't take every screenwriting course, but we had a few of them together. And the professors that we had, they loved speculative. They said, just go for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you like speculative film and storytelling, go to York Screenwriting. It's, it's pretty no, cool. No, don't go to York Screenwriting. Oh, okay. well, um, I'm pretty sure it's like the only screenwriting program, like exclusively, right? Uh, I was going to say don't go to screenwriting, but yeah. Well, we'll go I mean, f- don't go to film school generally. But I mean. <laughs> Unless you want to do theory. Moss is the only one here who's like an intelligent human being. He made the right call off of that. No, no, no. You're so good. No, no, um, no. Okay. Maybe I'm being too broad in saying don't go to screenwriting. I mean, if you want. I will say, though, going off where you were saying uh, that they were more open to like genre and different types of stories and screenwriting. I kind of. I like that they were more open because I feel like part of the reason was that this was all just on the page and you were essentially like just coming up with like scripts and stuff to read as opposed to actually like producing it. So I feel like that's why they were more open to more open oh, to it. Absolutely. I do think that, you know, at the core the idea of not being as permissive when it comes to speculative works in the directing streams, it does come from a place of what can we reasonably attain? Because, you know, realistically, you're not going to be able to pull off a sci-fi on a $4,000 film, you know, when you're a starting filmmaker. That being said, you know, certain professors had a very visceral, uh, evident distaste for anything outside of their particular wheelhouse. Yeah, I mean, I think I yeah, and part of yeah, I think you're right. Part of it was that, you know, like what can we produce? But I think also part of it was just really not liking those type of stories, which is totally fine. Like, like what you like, but I do think one of the major problems that our experience of the program, and I do know it has been overhauled since. I have heard good things about you know what's going on with the program now, or if not good, better. Um, <laughs> but uh. uh the the team at that time really tried to push you away from anything speculative and they made it clear that they thought it just you know it lowered the art form which is its own version of bs to be honest but <laughs> yeah really uh that's yep i think that they that what they wanted and i think it's been a somewhat consistent message or uh, you know track is that they want to produce more adam mcgoyans or like oh more God. like canadian <laughs> filmmakers who make sad dramas that do well at festivals and they want to make mini versions of that first and they're like why do you want to make other things what are you stupid like despite the fact there are so many famous like canadian horror movies and Mm -hmm. big horror film industry canadian sci-fi like deborah chow directing uh, much of obi-wan 
That's a Toronto Canadian oh, filmmaker. Really? Right she there. is? I did yeah. not know that. I was a bad film school student. I did not engage a lot with theory as much as I should have. Uh, I definitely didn't engage with like any films at all as much as I should have just because honestly, who had the time? But uh, <laughs> I will say like the, the Canadian icons, the Canadian classics that really linger and are kind of like the forefront of cultural uh, uh, psyche when it comes to film the Canadian greats were in speculative or horror areas. I mean, Ginger Snaps, uh, Cronenberg, like those are the things you think about when you think about Canadian film that made it big. So I don't know. Who'd for thought York? I know you're listening. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But it's cool. Like we've got good local talent and it's genre talent. Like that's something that we should cultivate and not just be like, no, make more sad, sad art movies about people not knowing where they are in rural Ontario. I mean, sad, sad art movies are great. And anything about rural Ontario. I mean, I'm a diehard hoe for Letterkenny, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah um, that's true. But, you know, to, to shout out my perceived rising stars of our program, like the best, like some of the best. You were obviously one of them, but like okay, some thanks. of the best. So thank you. That's generous. Like the best okay. screenwriters uh, at York, in my opinion, were the ones that really delved into um speculative fiction like uh, julia galley lemmy yeah. baker claire bosnich fantastic screenwriters and yeah. they loved genre work so i don't know i it would be nice to see uh, a more open embrace but talking to you york think about it <laughs> think about what you've done well i mean I, I would be interested to hear what the experience from other film schools is if that's kind of like a universal um you know what i'm trying to say that's why we started this podcast that's the journey Emma. <laughs> yeah can, can you're I, here to make this happen can i also say I was enthused by many of the films I saw projecting the most recent year of finish line that I did. Uh, I saw a, like two or three sci-fi movies and that was pretty cool. Like little short films that weren't afraid to be also like, what's the word? Like kind of meta and fourth wall breaky. Like they were allowing for comedies. They were allowing for like a good variety of stuff and it was not too bad. I was impressed. The films were like, you know, they were all over the place, but like some of them were pretty stand like they I don't know. It was good. I, I think that like their ability to allow more genre content is happening like it is. Those films are being made slightly more now. Still like the, ma- the majority of the films, it's not. But, you know, like I feel like a sci fi short could be greenlit there now no, then when it wouldn't have been in our years. That's all. My God, Ma, these are big statements. You got, you got to get us into the next finish line. We just got to start watching this from <laughs> yeah. the projector. You guys can just go. It's free. You just walk in. I don't want to be perceived. It's like when you run into somebody that you knew in high school. Like, if you knew me then, no, you didn't. <laughs> All right. So to bring us back to, like, slightly more on topic. Yeah, this interview's going to be, yeah. like, over in five minutes. We won't get to anything. We're just going to keep, like, shooting the shit the whole time. <laughs> okay. So what do you think was the most valuable lesson you learned at film school? Oh, my God. Do I have to pick just one? Uh, you can, you want to do like, what, you have more than one? Oh my god, I have so many! Okay, yeah, well then let's, let's do like three for now, then we'll go from oh there. Oh my god, okay. Can I check my notes? I have notes. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, go ahead and check your notes, and while you check your notes, I'm gonna say for our viewers, Emma came prepared with like typed thoughts about what she was gonna talk about, and that's the most prepared any guest has ever been, so I feel I'm pretty flattered. Shows the work of a lawyer in the house by the way you know i mean a secretary lawyers, going to uft no 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 <laughs> law recognizes law you know? okay okay just saying. Uh, which reminds me we've got to get back to our lsat studies i have i, have I know i know that ball. <laughs> yeah, i'm running a thing about i went to film school trying to get into film school and also or trying to get into the film industry but now i'm like applying for law school and yeah here we are. 
all abandoning me. That's okay. It's fine. Moss, remember I invited you to come with me to try to apply to law school with me? <laughs> no, I mean, remember when we did a film degree and I thought we were all good? No, no, it's know, fine. It's no. fine. It's, I still part of, I yeah, mean, yeah, I... We're actually, enough said. Remember when we did a film degree? Yeah, why were we... What were I'm, we like, I'm still, like, quite torn. I still, like, if there were any opportunities to, like, get into the film industry right now and, like, take off with that, I would go for that. Um, I'm still quite torn between film industry and law school, but let that's let's not get into my entire like existential crisis about that's that right fine. now. That's, Emma, that's, for, that's for a couple of bottles of wine. From yeah, that's uh, that's <laughs> a whole other. That's a discussion I'd rather not be recorded. Um, <laughs> so I mean, like top three biggest lessons. I'm going to say three point five because three of them are thought out. Point five of them is just like a personal uh, uh, vendetta tweet that I would like to share <laughs> with everybody. Sorry, let me get closer to the mic. Sorry, I'm not thank a professional you. at this. Um, I mean, at the risk of coming across is like a little bit of a, a vague cliche when I say some of these things. I'm very much coming at this from the perspective of somebody that had to go through the process of film school, thinking film was going to be my life, and then slowly kind of like spiraling down into realizing I hated everything about the industry. I wanted nothing to do with the industry. And I had, quote unquote, just, you know, wasted four to five years of my life, um, which in reality, well, I haven't. That's, yeah, that's no, how no, you no, know no. you went to film school. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll, we'll, I mean, I'll, I'll get to that eventually. But, you know. The one thing I will say is if you are evaluating a career in film, if you're even evaluating film school, if you're like some like bright eyed, you know, optimistic, like high school thinking that, you know, uh, run. <laughs> um, one of the things I learned very, very fast uh, and that I do try to stress is film is not a career where you can have one foot out the door. It really isn't. Um, and while every industry every job if you really want to be excellent what you do you have to give it your all film is a very particular kind of crazy where you're going to be miserable no matter what you do because it's film and it demands a lot of you and you know that's an issue of industry standards more than anything which is a whole other can of worms we can get into obviously um but the thing about it is if you want to do film a very real conversation i think you should have with yourself is uh is this work important to me and the reason why I say that is the whole, like, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life thing. It's, it's BS. It's not true. It's a lie. <laughs> it's just not true. No matter what you do, no matter how much you love it, um, there are going to be days where it sucks and you wake up and you don't want to do it. So you have to ask yourself if there's something about the work that is inherently meaningful to you. And that's how you curate joy in whatever you practice. Um, and I wish I had figured that out sooner. I wish I hadn't had to like, <laughs> had this explained to me by my father while I was crying over a Swiss chalet sandwich. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I'm passing my life lessons on. Um, did you, when you guys were going into film school, did you think like, Oh my gosh, like this is going to be like fantastic. I'm doing what I love. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was naive enough at the time that I knew I wanted to write for film and television. Uh, I didn't, I didn't know. I mean, going into film school, I didn't know enough about like what that entailed and like what the industry was like. And then I learned and then I actually started to learn like, oh, OK, well, if you're going to like write for film in Canada and you actually want to have a career, you you have to write for television. There's no future film industry in Canada. And also in the Canadian film industry, it's already like quite closed off and small and uh, it's difficult to break into and whatnot. But uh, yeah, does that kind of answer your question? Yeah. So I like I knew like. I was enthusiastic about what I wanted to do going in and like, I still wish I could, I mean, I still like want to do that stuff now. I mean, like I would kill to be in a TV writer's room. Believe me. You can do it all. There's like, do you have any idea how many like lawyers are actually like successful professional creatives? Terry Brooks of like sort of Shannara fame started off as an attorney. Like it's a thing you can do it, man. I know that's partly, Mm -hmm. 
Um, I'll talk about this in the po- I don't want actually I don't want to talk about this in the podcast, but <laughs> just go ahead, Moss. No, I was just gonna say, yeah, like I obviously had like bright eyed ambitions, despite not getting into production like I initially wanted. I was still just like, I'll make the best out of this. I'll try my best. Um, I, I want everyone to be very clear about this. He's being super modest. He was like the superstar of the program. Everybody knew who he was. He was always showing up. He was super helpful. He's like the golden boy. You say his name and people get hard eye emojied right in front of you. It's actually kind of scary. Answering all the goddamn questions. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a bit of a it was a bit of a fun environment for me sometimes. But like I I wanted the best for like especially in the classrooms that we shared with other departments and stuff. Like I wanted them to think like, isn't it so like, Oh man, it's too bad. I'm not in film studies because like media studies is so cool. And every time that was happening, I was like, okay, that's not, (laughs) that's not really what's going on. Like I found most production students and screenwriting students were like, man, like these classes are kind of a bore. And I was like, that's, uh, but I learned to, to progress. And you, you realize over time, like, it's really hard to become a film academic that doesn't like how do you get published regularly when you're not at a school, you're not doing other things like you're not presenting at conferences and that's like time draining. Anyway, it, there's a lot. So it's um, we all have idealism. We all want it to be the industry we think it's going to be. But, you know, finding our place is never that simple. Like, and if it is that simple, you probably had a lot of money <laughs> and you were yes. able to like yes. bust your way into the industry with <clears throat> bags full of cash. But other, other than that, I mean, no, no, there's some people who do are genuinely talented and they do get discovered or whatever, but you know, it's tough. It's not everyone. It's like that. It's, or you can afford to go to America or LA after mm-hmm. America or LA, like they're two different places. <laughs> um, or you can go to, yeah, you can afford to go to the States and get into the film industry in California. And that would, uh, believe me, if I, if I had the money. Uh. And I do want to clarify, and I, I don't mean to speak for everybody at the table, but like as much as like I personally like yanking New York's chain, I do not regret going to the school. And I actually did have a lot of fun. I think, you know, it's very yeah. easy to remember the more teachable moments because they are formative. And, you know, if you can specifically point to the moments that made you happy, you probably weren't happy often enough. Um, so there was a really fantastic opportunity at York and I would imagine any film school to build the people skills, which is really what success in the film industry is built off of mm. in any capacity. But I don't know. Or maybe y'all just hate film school. Maybe that's where this podcast <laughs> is leading. Maybe I that's mean, the thesis. No, no, <laughs> Very well said. No. And yes. No, I mean, no, 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 no. We no. don't hate film school. <laughs> I, I agree. I enjoyed my time at York. Like I, not just cause I met you guys and you guys made my experience there much, much better, but also because like I did enjoy what I learned and I did like try and make the best out of what I was being fed there. Right. Like, I don't know, like Zach, what you enjoyed it, right? Like it was I did good. enjoy it. Uh, I, for a time, uh, I've like, I've mostly gone over this. Um, but like for a time in like early pandemic, when I was like having a bit of a crisis to what my career was going to be. And I was like unemployed and whatnot. Um, oh, never been there. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. And like, maybe this was just because of the world was shut down and everything was already pretty bleak. Um, and this was like during like the onset, like this was like April, May, 2020. Um, I was, I had a uh, very conflicting feelings about my degree and part of me was like regretted ever doing it and thought it was pointless. And like, I just like tricked myself into thinking I could get into the film industry and I'm like past those feelings. Now I no longer regret getting the degree. I very much enjoyed my time at York. I enjoyed learning what I did learn. I think I did learn some invaluable skills. Um, yeah. I mean, not to reveal myself as terminally online, but <laughs> <laughs> I think imposter syndrome is obviously very real. But I think 
one of the surefire tricks I've kind of seen, uh, and this comes from a, like a tweet or a, a Tumblr write or something. I don't freaking know. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, don't frame it as imposter syndrome. Uh, frame it as infiltrator syndrome. I have fooled all these people. Ha ha. Yeah. I'm a genius. <laughs> yeah, that's the. Yeah. Fake it till you make it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's just uh, it's just a matter of, like, finding your routines and, you know, every day doing a little Hail Mary technique. Oh, it worked out. Yes. We keep this. The, what's it called? The, the facade. The facade. You, you just keep the facade yeah. going. And, you know, keep working on your art as well. And like, mm. I'm still writing on my own and, uh, Oh, good. Writing and rewriting Amazing. scripts and whatnot. And also working on producing something, a short film with a friend of the podcast, Rowan, who's mm-hmm. a guest before. Fabulous. Okay. Yes. We are trying to produce something for, we're going to produce something and shooting in like late August. I'm very excited. You should organize a, a table read for whatever you're working on script wise. Yeah. Great. I know idea. I should do another table read. Yeah. Maybe I will. Yeah, look um, at that. Yeah, good. Yeah. Get the ball rolling. Actually, one day I do want to do an I Want to Film School podcast episode about table reads and like how they're useful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good idea. To quickly harken back to something you said about, you know, um, uh, finding your footing and, and the insecurity. I think the best piece of advice anybody ever gave me about film, and I, I think it really applies to any art form, is be insecure in your art, especially when you're starting. It's, you know, obviously not so insecure that you don't go out and make the damn thing, but it's good to be self-aware. It's good to be constantly asking yourself questions because the moment you stop is the moment you get complacent and the moment your art gets boring. So, you know, it's, it's a balancing act, but I think it is good and it is healthy for you at the end of the day. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Well said. Agreed. One other thing earlier, you were praising me saying that everyone knew me, but Emma, I'm pretty sure everyone also knew you too. You were also yeah, very Emma, popular. You were pretty fucking popular. People relied on you a lot in that film program. You were on every goddamn student film set. I yeah. mean, that's very kind of you, but it's just because I'm tall. They couldn't miss me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so going back to, you said you had other lessons that you learned at film school. Yes. Um, we're going to get, get a little serious for a moment. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's going to get a little, it's going to get a little somber. Um, but this is one that I think, you know, I didn't really start understanding it and, and really unpackaging lack of better the word, the trauma until after film school and becoming a real adult. Um, and I'm assuming this is inherent to all film schools, but it was definitely an integral part to my experience at York. Female filmmakers have got to do a better job of making room for each other. 100%. I mean, I was guilty of not doing that. And I was also the victim of it, for lack of a better term. You know what I mean? It was something that, I mean, some of us are perfect and, but that's not me. So I (laughs) fucked up a lot. Uh, Some people, Rachel, Claire would never, you know what I mean? Like they're just like, (laughs) they're Christ-like figures on this earth. Um, They're not perfect either. We're all flawed. (laughs) They are I mean, okay, no, you're right. They are perfect. But still, (laughs) like, you know, we have to hold everyone to somewhat fair standards, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But, like, the thing is, right, like, you start off and you're so busy scrapping for a seat at the big boy table that you're not really thinking about how to make space. You're mostly just trying to, like, musical chairs everybody else off the board. And I'm going to double check my notes because I actually articulated this very well because I wanted to be sensitive and delicate about it. Um, why don't you wrestle, wrestle your paper for the mic a little bit? Yeah. You like that? Uh, oh, yeah. You've gotten, yeah. Oh, that's you good get shit. those ASMR tingles. <laughs> Remember when I said this was going to be somber and serious? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, but you know, like, just to like harken back to it, I, I don't necessarily blame any of us uh, for doing that. I mean, your kids, when you start, and I think York is very, and film schools in general are very, very good about facilitating competition. They're very good at it. Uh, I think they think it breeds creativity. Uh, it's like, they think it's like the free market or some shit. Like it just like forces innovation. I don't know. Good God. Um, but, you know, you, 
everybody was not everybody, but a lot of us, myself included at times, were so busy trying to like elbow our way into the table that we didn't really figure out that the table isn't real. It was a construct. Like it's it's an artificial scarcity. Um, and what I really mean by that is, you know, the idea that there's only so many places at the quote unquote top. Uh, and of that only X can be this sort of person and Y can be this sort of person. It's, it's just bullshit, but they get so good at selling it to you, especially when you're young. And I mean, I'm white, full context for people that don't know me, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, I'm, I'm a woman, I'm queer. Um, so while I can't speak to what the experience would have been like, you know, were I not white, I am damn near certain that, uh, you know, it was not good because bias breeds bias, prejudice breeds prejudice. And to be frank, a lot of our former classmates have come forward over the past few years since it's graduating. They've talked about the impact that the program had on them uh, and the way that it racialized them. So I, you know, I most likely had it easy in comparison, but it kind of speaks to the same phenomenon. And we have to get better at realizing that they're the table's a construct. Don't buy into that bullshit. The sooner you stop engaging with that game the sooner you can start doing what you want on your own terms uh and the sooner you'll attract the kind of people that you really want to work with that value you value your arts uh value being a good person which is i think something people forget to be a lot uh, at that age in general but <laughs> mm-hmm. also you know in a competitive arts program mm-hmm. um, and yeah just you know generally uh, uh overall i'm not saying this is like an approach that you can take at all levels of your career but like you're from fucking like Boise, Idaho. You're at film school, okay? Like you're not in Hollywood. Like this is the most control you're ever going to have about how you run your show and run your career. Yeah. So set the precedent that you want to live by now. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Anyway, sorry for the ramble, but yeah. No, it's no, super as well. No, played. that was, again, like super, super I, true. Let like, me not to th- like throw your privilege back or whatever. <laughs> but like, <laughs> like... I would be interested to find to hear how you found just like issues of competitiveness, uh, just more generally in the program. And if you noticed anything beyond that, um, in your time, Moss, you want to start us off? Sure. I mean, um, I think in general, the idea of a competitive, uh, marketplace of films, if we'll call it, no, 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 it, it like, that idea is initially attractive because, you know, you want to reward people who put in like the extra work to really make sure that what they're creating is interesting or satisfying art, or at least it's meeting their rubric guidelines, whatever they may be. Um, but at a certain point, competition in an educational scenario where you're trying to cultivate skills, you're not necessarily trying to like, I want to see who makes the best movie. Like, it's like, no, 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 hold on. Like now we're really diverging something else. Like, I don't really like that. There are awards for like, there's like a best picture award for student films. Like you should be saying that, like, if you want to give awards, I don't say like ranking quality, you know, you just find like, what was the, um, like certain aspect, like best sound you can do, like, but like best picture, best this, this, like you, you want to kind of break it more down. I find if you got to do awards for it at all, I don't know. I don't like competition in educational senses. <clears throat> There's sometimes where obviously competition is part of, uh, part of driving innovation. No, I'm not going to go there. But like, <laughs> oh my God. Jordan Peterson, is that you? Jesus Christ. <laughs> we need innovation. No, but we need, we do need some kind of like, um, some kind of system that that makes us engaged and makes us want to learn that isn't like 
one of you will be the best one. It's like, no, 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 stop that. That's not, I don't know. I don't think that's conducive to good education. Yeah, and this is, do you remember Siddharth talked about this when we had him on the podcast yeah. a while ago? Mm-hmm. Siddharth, like, Siddharth hates the idea of competitiveness in film industry, in the film industry, but he also hates the idea of just competition among artists in general, and that he believes that artists should be like, trying to, like, lift each other up, as opposed to always trying to, like, push each other down or whatnot, as we usually do. Okay. Oh, I agree, I agree. Okay. I, I mean, not to make this, like, a sports analogy, because I don't get or know sports, but film is like it's not like an individual thing you know what i mean it's teamwork at the end of the day so the idea of like putting everybody in competition it's how you wind up with toxic sets it's how Mm -hmm. you wind up with really crushing the joy out of the art form and an art form that's already very demanding on you mentally uh spiritually physically yeah and like this is the thing everyone talks about the film industry it's very cutthroat and it was i found it was like that in even just in film school, it was maybe cutthroat was too big a word, but it was still very competitive, as mm-hmm. we've been saying. Mm-hmm. And like, I feel like the film industry doesn't have to be like that exactly. I mean, I know there is like a business to like it's show business, not just show. But I feel like we could lift each other up and like do more to foster communities among artists and uh, not treat each other like complete fucking garbage. <laughs> and yeah, in theory, I would like I hate like the whole competition among artists, especially in the film industry and just among among filmmakers, period. Uh, but yeah, I feel like again, but you, like what you said, Emma, you got to try to be the best you can be and like be the person who's not shutting people out. And it's really a lesson I, I wish I'd learned sooner. Cause it's not even something that you're like, you're not like setting out to be like Regina George and mean girls. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just, you know, you can get so uh, obsessed with your own, uh, uh, accomplishment of what you perceive to be success and what you are told the successful model looks like that you don't realize sometimes you're elbowing somebody else out of the frame. Um, Mm -hmm. or at the very least you are complacent in letting other people do it and you're not speaking up and you're not taking that opportunity to be like, cut that shit out or, um, you know, Hey, why are we making this so competitive? Why are we limiting the amount of art we are exposed to? Like we here, we've got the equipment. Let's like, let's do it. Let's make something stupid. Let's make something good. It doesn't matter. We're here. Yeah. And it's, uh, I mean, we were talking about this, but it is, it is hard sometimes to not be competitive in, uh, I guess it's because of the industry and just the way filmmaking works in like an inherently competitive field. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, everyone has a movie they want to make. Not everyone, but like many people in the film industry have a movie they want to make. They can't always make that movie. There's always there's only certain movies that can be made. And I mean, you know, in a certain sense, in a in a competitive market economy, there's. There are going to be limitations to allowing just like anything to fly. But at a certain point, like as an industry, as well as like an education sector, like the film industry should be focused on um, like, again, kind of diversifying your products, making uh, the film experience by the logic of a competitive market economy better and more engaging but it doesn't sometimes, right? Like, because it's about who you know, it's about these other factors that get in the way, but... To, you know, what are you doing? What are you willing to do to get the job? And- yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's crappy that way. And that it's not exclusive to the... It's a part of almost every art industry, every industry, every capitalist firm. But, you know, that's that's something we can mitigate and we can try and work through, hopefully, and that's the beauty of art and the beauty of a very collaborative um production sense right like we we can organize we can we can work around Teamwork these makes the dream work Moss. exactly yeah. exactly I mean, to, to really kind of like sum it up in a tweet like 
especially, you know, women helping women, women helping non-binary people, because, you know, realistically, sometimes we get put in the same gendered box when it comes to like an us versus them mentality, especially in like mm-hmm. a very dude bro field. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, I if there's one like sentiment that you can like tattoo on your ass and take away from this, basically, <laughs> I would say, you know, whoever they're telling you is your competition. That's your friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. So. All right. Yeah. Uh, we're almost at a time here. Oh, damn. Yeah, yeah but this was uh, this minutes. is great. This was a uh, yeah. Um, before we go, Emma, is there anything that, that you're working on that you want to plug? Does it have to be film related? No, not at all. Yeah, for all two people I listening, mean, who you, wanna... you can tell more. You can you have a bit more time to talk about like what you've been up to recently in general, right? Like, um, I mean, if we're like, if the purpose of this podcast is to give people advice about film school, <laughs> like, is that, is that, would you say that's like the guess that's the selling point? Oh yeah. Do you want to, okay. Do you want to end on like a note of giving, yeah. Do you want to give some advice? Yes. And I would specifically like to share some hard earned long cried over wisdom that I discovered from leaving film, um, which to very quickly put that in a nutshell and keep it as simple as possible. Uh, I got very extremely unrealistically lucky and I kept falling into like dream job after dream job after school. Uh, and no matter where I went and what I was doing and how much I had thought I had wanted it, I just hated it. And I woke up dreading doing the work. So eventually you, you, you do the math, even though I can't do math. Do you mind telling our <laughs> listeners what kind of jobs you had after film school? Oh yeah, for sure. So uh, it was a pretty straight line. Um, right after I graduated, I wound up with an internship at a post-production house um, when that internship ended, they created a job for me so I could stay and I got hired on full time and then I got promoted and I was supposed to be on the producing track. And then I was just looking out at the office one day and I'm like, I can't do this. This is, hmm. if I spend the rest of my life here, I'm going to go insane. Uh, so I thought, okay, well maybe it's, you know, maybe I just miss set life. So I went back to set life and I went back to doing producing work, uh, with some incredible people that gave me some incredible opportunities and I still hated it. So I'm like, okay. I'm the problem. I'm the common denominator here. <laughs> um, and I had a quarter life crisis and I left film and that was going on three years ago now. Um, I, for was anybody. 2019 you left? Yes. I ha- Well, I handed in my notice at my first job, Thanksgiving of 2019, because I'm a dramatic bitch and we love those Hallmark movie moments, you know. About, on Thanksgiving. Yeah. The true, yeah, the Thanksgiving. true meaning of Christmas, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> Um, Emma went up to them and was like, you know what I'm thankful for? Getting the fuck out. <laughs> I'm thankful for the checks you gave me, but uh, not thankful for the Time money. Time to go blow that money over a table and left. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, and I got really lucky. Uh, and even though I didn't really know what I was going to do, I was uh, headhunted through LinkedIn by uh, a company that was representing a law firm. And I still work for that law firm going on three years later. Um, And the reason why I bring that up is because I want to stress that if you are thinking about film school and you're worried about regret because it's not exactly a stable market, it's not exactly a stable uh, career option, or if you have gone to film school and or worked in film for any amount of time and um, you're feeling that same sort of uncertainty, my best advice is fuck it, do it anyways. if you want to try it, if you hate it, do something else. Just give it a chance so that you'll know for sure. I'm, I'm not saying that everything happens for a reason. That would be psychopathic. Like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> the universe is unfeeling. It doesn't care. There is no destiny waiting for you that you haven't built for yourself. Um, but 
things do find their place and you will make sense of the pieces that you have built. And I will say that I do not regret going to film school because there is like a direct line between going to film school and where I am now and where I am now feels like the field in the industry that, you know, if you can theoretically be born for something, it's the thing you're born for. So nice. take the shot. And if you hate it, whatever, man, do something else. It's fine. <laughs> it's whatevs. I'm a sick of you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I can Love God. What do you I, want? I may never have actually trained Zach to be an AD, but he'd be a natural because he's just sitting there tapping his wrist like, move a bitch. No, I'm not. I'm just, I'm not. I'm. That's not what I'm doing. I'm just keep. No, I, I think Zach would have also made for a great first AD. Yeah. I could, I could see him like corralling a movie set, no problem. Yeah, to be a good AD, you got to be ruthless and you got to be. Kind. I get, I get stressed out so easily though. And I was a first AD. I'd be like, if I was a first AD, I'd be all my hair would be gray. If there was any of it left, I'd, be, I'd have aged like ten years through like two sets. Yeah, you'd have like my hairline too. It would be rough. It would be. <laughs> You're both pretty distinguished. It'd be, it'd be good. <laughs> I think I think you'd be okay. I honestly think. I'm glad you, you made the joke, Moss, because I didn't want to. I didn't want to bring up the hairline <laughs> oh, thing. Good, I mean, I good, did, good. but I didn't want to lie. But I, I I I do think you'd be able to. Uh, I think you'd like it. To be honest, I think you you uh, you not to say that like you like bossing people around, but I just think like when I mean, your stress lends its having a good healthy amount of stress lends itself well to a first AD because you're like. I, let's get the shot. Like I'm stressed because this thing I, is I know I definitely boom, have boom, boom. I know I definitely have at least a healthy amount of stress. I'm <laughs> like, let me fucking tell you, Morris. Like, <laughs> you're yeah, if you want to live past forty, passing. don't AD. That's another hot tip for yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, like let me just get to forty. Like, first ADing or not, it's fine. You know what? Now's a great time. The world's gonna end soon anyway, so you don't have to worry. about I know. It we'll see if we're even here when I turn forty. <laughs> yeah, do, I mean, when we turn forty. Twenty. Oh, all right, all right, all right. That's, a, that's, that's enough. Yeah. All right, that's enough. That's well, enough. We're not, we're not speculative anymore. fiction. <laughs> At the moment. Okay. Well, anyways, okay. thanks for thank having you. me, guys. Thank you for coming on the podcast, yeah, Emma. Thank you so much, Emma. You're the best. Thanks. Yeah, you I mean, guys are the best. Thanks so much. Um, let's go. Wait, was, was there anything you wanted to plug that wasn't uh, film industry related that you're doing? I don't think it's anything your audience would be interested in. So, what? what? Okay. Wow. I'm, well, I'm into it. that guy's but... drunk enough for it. All right. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> okay. Um, actually, no, here, I will plug one thing. Okay. Um, and I will plug this because somebody else that we went to film school with has similarly gotten into uh, an interest in an adjacent field. So, for context, I went back to school for, among other majors, environmental studies. Uh, and, you know, uh, film is a greening industry. So, it's in the process of getting greener, it's in the process of improving. If, you want to get involved in environmental activism, I would like to plug an organization that I mm -hmm, am currently mm -hmm. affiliated with, which is doing a lot of work on education and mobilization. Please check out your local chapter of Stop Ecocide, which is dedicated to making ecocide the fifth international crime and the International Criminal Court. It will teach you how to empower yourself. It will teach you how to ask for what you want and teach you how to take action. And that's that. Thanks, boss. You're going you're to hear, guys. Uh, yeah. No, great. Stop ecocide. <laughs> it's the most random plug you'll ever get on the show, but I don't go to film anymore, so whatever. Fight me. I, I, hey, I'm yeah. right there with you. I agree. Thanks for coming on, Emma. Thanks, yeah. boss. All right, let's go buy some Marvel tickets. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I Went to Film School is recorded in Toronto, Canada, and produced by Zach Gladstone and Anthony Moss.